the first reading from Revelation chapter 2. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know that you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you first had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet this you have. You hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the sixth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may, be, may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. We confess grace, mercy, and peace unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. begin Lent, we're going to focus on the words from Revelation chapter 2. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent 
and do the works you did at first. When we look at these words first, so we can be aware of the danger of abandoning our first love. And second, so we can see how Lent can help us in this battle against abandoning our first love. We are, throughout this season of Lent, going to look at these messages to the seven churches in Revelation, beginning tonight and going all the way through Holy Thursday. In each message, we'll see that Jesus comes to the church and he gives them blessed, blessings and also cursings. When they're doing well, he praises them. Where they're struggling, he rebukes them and calls them to repentance. And while the church at Ephesus was doing some things well, he rebukes them for abandoning the love they had at first. So how do you lose your first love and what is he talking about? Now he's warning them because the danger is if you lose your first love, death will eventually follow. That is, you will abandon the faith. Now it's clear these Christians had not abandoned the faith yet. He praises them for many good works. Their patient endurance. Their bearing up persecution for Christ's namesake. Their love of true teaching and hatred of false teaching. And yet... They're beginning to abandon their first love. Perhaps they had gotten bored or apathetic with the things of God. Maybe they didn't find them as interesting anymore. They've, I've heard that before. Yeah, 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 I know that about Jesus. Tell me something new. The warning here is that both in doctrine, what we believe, and in our lives, our good works, our acts of love for other the love for those things can grow cold. Well, how does it grow cold? I think first and foremost it starts with not being in a habit of continually confessing our sins. So the way to avoid this, first and foremost, there's some other tools we'll learn Sunday against temptation, but first and foremost tonight, is to examine ourselves, as Paul calls us to. And to examine yourself isn't to like navel gaze and just think about how bad you are and beat yourself up and be depressed. The goal of self-examination is that you might confess your sins and receive forgiveness. That's the goal. And so as Lutherans, we talk about the Ten Commandments being like a diagnostic tool that we can check ourselves. How well am I keeping the first commandment, the second commandment, and so on? And as we see ways in which we failed, we confess those sins. So let me make this extremely practical. Get in the habit this Lent, start tonight. Before you go to bed, examine your day, review your day. Kind of walk through it mentally. Consider the times in which you sinned against God. Also consider the times in which you served your neighbor and did things out of faith. But notice the ways in which you failed to love God and your neighbor. Notice the ways in which you've sinned. And then, you don't stop there, you confess your sin. Knowing then that you will receive the forgiveness of sin. 
And then you pray to God for strength to do better tomorrow. That is a daily and weekly ritual we should get into. It should be a good habit that we have. Right? It's like taking out the trash. If you just let your house accumulate trash, and it just built up day in and day out, and you didn't take out that trash, you're going to notice, especially in this area in like July, you're going to notice rather quickly. You're going to notice it's being distinct. You're probably going to get bugs and probably rodents and other things. It's going to be gross and disgusting. But that's what happens to us spiritually when we don't take out the trash and we're not confessing our sin. And what we're warned about here, what Jesus warns us about, is the danger of losing our first love because of this unconfessed sin. And if that continues, God forbid, we'd even lose our salvation. That's why Jesus comes to them and calls them to repentance. And so daily, every night, we examine our day, and then weekly, before we come to the Holy Supper, we examine ourselves why? So that we can be forgiven. Here's the thing about Lent. And I think Lent is often widely misunderstood. Lent is not about pretending to be sad because of the bad things we've done or because bad things happened to Jesus. We may feel sad about those things, fine. But it's not like we go through the season pretending that we don't know the end of the story. We do. Yes, we focus more on his suffering and death during this season. And that is good. But also we should think of it as a more intense time of training. Right? No athlete trains exactly the same all the time. You would get worn out, you would get burned out. Lent can help us by focusing in on things we need to work on spiritually, spiritual disciplines, so we can take that train into the rest of the year. It helps prepare us for the battles that lie ahead. We'll see some of those battles on Sunday. But the foundation for anything we might do during Lent is that we live in the forgiveness of sins. That is, that we confess our sins and receive forgiveness from God for those sins. Because apart from that, none of the other stuff matters. There's a beautiful promise here for them and for us when we repent. Jesus says, he has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So first, we're to do what? We're to listen to God's words. Because in his word is life. And so we listen to both his law, which condemns us, yes, but we listen to his gospel that gives us life. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. The culmination of Lent, what we're working towards, is the cross. That very tree of life. And we know the cross is a tree of life because he does rise from the dead. We know the cross is not the end of the story. And yet, the promise here is that we get to eat from that tree, and we're going to eat from it tonight. We're eating from it now as we hear his word preached. 
Most especially we'll eat from that tree of life as we receive his body and blood in the Holy Supper in just a moment. We've examined ourselves. We've confessed our sin. We've heard the forgiveness proclaimed. And we'll receive it once again through Christ's very body and blood so that we might be strengthened for what lies ahead. It's only being strengthened by the Holy Spirit, receiving God's good gifts and faith, that enable us, that allow us to love God, to love his word, to love our neighbor, to not abandon our first love. And so let us make a right use of Lent. Let us receive his word and sacrament throughout this holy season of Lent, that we might be strengthened in the faith. Let us live in the forgiveness of sins, day in and day out, knowing that in that is our life, in that is how we keep in the faith and are kept in our first love. Amen. The peace of God passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.